2: In the spring of 2023, Four Things for Your Podcast was rebranded to the new title Podfluencer Society. As such, some information and links may have changed since recording this episode. Check the show notes for updates. And if you still can't find what you're looking for, just email podfluencersociety at gmail.com. Learn more and follow online at podfluencersociety.com.
3: There's this mindset where it's like, I need to just stay neutral all the time because that will garner me the most the largest audience is if I just stay very partial on all things. And I say to hell with that neutrality is your worst enemy in this industry. And just wanting everyone to love you and your content and your message is always going to be a losing game. So I say, just be very stern and confident and honest about who you are, what you're doing, what you stand for, what your mission is, because that is going to allow your people
2: to find you and to
3: connect with you
2: what is on the horizon in a perfect world like if you were like hey this is where I'm headed and I'm declaring it like where is that
3: I am heading straight into dear media's office office office
2: welcome to four things for your podcast a place where our collective mission is to amplify our messages through podcasting I'm your host Angie Griffith and after a decade in the music business, I've come to realize that the unique mindset and strategies that these globally recognized entertainers are using to achieve their wildest dreams can and should be implemented by entrepreneurs and content creators just like you. So let's think bigger and outside of the box because it's about time your voice goes viral. viral. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to finally do this. Oh my gosh.
3: I am too. I'm like sweating profusely because I'm nervous, but it's the excited types of nerves, you know?
2: <laughs> I know. It's like, ugh. have you guessed it on a lot of podcasts or no? This is my second.
3: So I've had a little bit of practice, but still it's just, you know, whenever you throw yourself into something new, the nerves are just going to, they're going to be there. Yeah. because I, I care.
2: <laughs> oh, totally. I mean, I, you're probably way more calm than I was when I first started. Sorry. I don't know why my like camera won't focus. Okay, there we go. <laughs> so the first time anyone ever asked me to guest on a podcast, this was like years ago, I was still working in the music business. And it was one of my former interns had started a podcast about the music industry. And she asked me to be on and I was like, so honored. And I was like, yes, of course. And I remember I sat at a coffee shop for like an entire Saturday and I like outlined every single question she could possibly ask me. And then what is my like perfect response to it? Like so above and beyond. And then we sit down for the interview and it was so stiff and awkward. And like, I'm like reading my notes. Like it's crazy how much you evolve with time. Like the more you do it, the better you get. And it happens really quickly, obviously. Like that was the only time that it ever happened. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to look at it as a conversation and it is what it is. And my life has been so much better.
3: (laughs) Exactly. You know, that's so funny that you say about like, you had this outline and all this stuff, because that's how I was with my first episode that I put out. I was like, I need to have like a structure so that people like understand what I'm talking about. And ever since then, I have like thrown all structure to the wind and things like you said, have gone exponentially better and more comfortable and just like, I don't know, more enjoyable, I think to listen to and also to participate in yourself.
2: Oh yeah. No, me too. It's like, Seriously, the less you prepare in podcasting, like to an extent, obviously, like I'm still a fan of an outline to like keep you on track and like hit a point that you're trying to get across. That's one thing. But I, yeah, same. I used to script episodes or like even I had a podcast before this. It was like a reality show, like dating podcast with two of my girlfriends. And we would do this segment. It was like our unofficial sponsor segment where we'd be like, this episode is sponsored by Vaseline because I had to put Vaseline on my sunburn this weekend at the beach. And this is why, like, it was so stupid. And obviously we weren't sponsored, but we would just like make funny things. And like, every time it was my turn to like announce the unofficial sponsor, I would literally start sweating in like places I didn't even know you could sweat. Like, just because like, (laughs) I don't know why in the beginning, it's like, so every little thing is so nerve wracking. It's true.
3: It's so weird how like we process experiences that are new to us and then like they become so not new very fast. It's like, why did I even sweat that in the beginning? And now it's just like, I could care less. Like I just, I don't understand. Like the human experience is one of my most like keen interests. That's what I studied in college. So like everything that we do and every way that we respond to things just like blows my mind.
2: (laughs) I agree. And by the way, so usually I would like Read my intro to you so you could hear the whole thing, and then we'll just like go in and start talking about everything. But we're like already kind of in a flow, (laughs) so um, I mean, I guess I'll still play the intro for you just so that you can hear it and see what was said, and it'll give you a chance to respond. But then we'll just kind of pick up where we left off.
3: Absolutely, go for it.
2: You might think I'm crazy, but just hear me out. Have you ever just okay, whatever you use for social media, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok? whatever else there is, who knows anymore. But have you ever just ran across someone's social media profile and for whatever reason, you just intuitively feel like you'd vibe with that person? Like it's not even about what they're posting, right? It's literally just the energy of their account, I guess the only other way I could describe this or like what I can compare it to is, you know, when you meet somebody in person for the first time and just instantly you feel like you've known them for years, it's kind of like that, but on social media. So I don't know what you believe, not here to tell you what you what you should believe, but I personally feel like I've lived many lifetimes. And so personally, when I meet someone in person and the chemistry just clicks like that, I know we've probably experienced many lifetimes together. So like maybe in this lifetime, they're my friend, maybe in the last lifetime they were my brother, maybe in a previous lifetime they were my mom, like it could be whatever. And I'm not trying to get too woo on you, but when I saw Gia's Instagram account, I immediately felt like this is someone that I want to support, this is someone who has the it factor that you need to be a serious content creator, and this is someone who's going to do the damn thing with her podcast, Come Hell or High Water. Gia is the host of the podcast called Ambivalent Bitches. Have you heard of this podcast? I wouldn't be surprised if you haven't at this point, because as of the day we're recording, Gia has only released around 16 episodes. The girl is on Fire with her podcast content though. And I know she's only at the very beginning of a long and impactful journey in podcasting, but not only podcasting, much beyond podcasting with this brand she's building. So my hope for this conversation is that aspiring podcasters can see what's possible through Gia, no matter your age, no matter your background. Gia is proof that if you feel called to start a podcast, you can totally just start your podcast podcast and learn as you go. You don't have to have this huge audience to start a podcast. You don't have to be some world-renowned guru. You can simply learn alongside your audience and enjoy the journey of podcasting and of helping people through being courageous and vulnerable and just going all in because you believe in yourself. So I am so excited to have Gia on the podcast today and I hope that we're going to learn so much wisdom from her at her young age in her early 20s. So let's go ahead and jump right into this conversation with Gia of Ambivalent Bitches. Chia, welcome to the podcast. Oh my gosh, you're (laughs) going to have me crying in like
3: the first minute here. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm very excited to get into this conversation with you.
2: (laughs) I am so happy to have you here. And just like I said in the intro, you are someone like immediately when I saw your Instagram, I was just like, I need to know this girl. Who is she? Like... I just feel like you're this close. Like, I have my fingers up for everyone listening, like a, a quarter of an inch away from some network. I'm thinking, like, a dear media, just like coming to you, being like, Gia, where have we been? We need to sign you. Like, you are, or, or like a Lemonada media would be perfect for your podcast. There's all these like ideas that were just flowing in my head because you're so on point with your branding and you're so good at like, really connecting with your audience in your podcast episodes like i know before we started recording um and i may I may actually have edited some of that into the episode i'm not sure what i'm going to use but <laughs> before we started recording um you and i were talking about like how we get so nervous as new podcasters and we're like scripting out episodes and like it's just this big ordeal but you are someone who, after what like sixteen episodes, I listen to your latest episodes and it seems like you've been podcasting forever. So kudos to you. and I'm so excited to learn more about your journey.
3: Oh my gosh. That's like the highest compliment ever. just like because that's how I feel when I do sit down in front of my mic every week and I record. It's like I've been doing this for lifetimes. And it's funny because when I was a kid, I was very into like performing arts. I sang a lot um and, I don't know, somewhere along the way, things got lost in translation, lost my passion, lost that fierceness when I got on a stage. And now that I'm back in front of a mic, it's like that never left. And I just feel so comfortable. And I don't know, vulnerability is like where I thrive. And I think that's what my entire like brand, The Ambivalent Bitches, has been built around so far. And it works. And people receive it very well, I believe, or at least I hope. (laughs) And I just love it. I truly love this path that I'm on. And I think it shows a lot online and i'm so glad that you were able to like see that through me and like connect because of that that's that's what this is all about
2: <laughs> oh totally you are finding your people little by little but quickly from what i see like when did you start your tiktok because i noticed you have like quite a few followers there now
3: I know we are we just hit 3000 yesterday like the ambivalent bitches community is growing like wildfire it's absolutely like it makes me physically nauseous because <laughs> it's like oh my gosh there's a lot of people perceiving me all at once you know 3000 people um but I started first episode went up March 31st I believe and TikTok was the same exact day hmm. um so it's been you know a few months and I'm just shocked at how fast it's grown because like I truly had no game plan going into this and I think that's like a really big thing to talk about is that like there was really no rhyme or reason for me starting this beyond just like having a passion for talking and wanting to connect with other people. and like I said, I think people just like see that I'm just like a real person who's not like I don't know trying to get you to spend money or try trying to make you do this or that. I'm just trying to like be your friend like at the most like basic level like that's all I'm trying to do and I think people recognize that. And they're like, Oh shit. Like, Oh, sorry. I'm not, I don't know if I'm not allowed to. Oh, it's on here. Hand. It's fine. <laughs> okay. I'm <laughs> like, Oh wow. Like people like are, they're seeing that. And I'm like, that's all I want is that transparency of like, I don't want there to be a divide between GIA offline and GIA online. And that's what I think. Um, I think that's what's, what's being shown so far of me online. <laughs> it's awesome.
2: So for everyone who may not be familiar with your brand or your podcast, who's listening to this episode, can you just give us like a brief overview about what your podcast is about, who it's for and how, how you decided to lean into the topics that you're sharing on your podcast? Cause it is pretty specific.
3: It is. I really niched or niched down, which is like something I'm so against, but it just happened. You know, I feel like that's a really good way to excel in whatever you're doing is to have a very specific audience. And mine is primarily like young women in their 20s. Um, Maybe they went to college, maybe they just recently graduated, maybe they're in grad school, and they're just trying to figure out this thing called life. Um, And they may be struggling along the way, as I do almost every day, but just what ambivalent bitches stands for is like, yes, you're going to feel uncertain. You're going to be indecisive about your life path, but you can do it with a fierceness and you can be confident and you can just learn how to trust your intuition. And through that, you will find, you know, where you're meant to go and what you're meant to do. And I'm just trying to like show people my journey through that and hopefully like stand as an example that they can also do it as well.
2: And you, it's fair to say you wouldn't consider yourself like a guru in the mental health area, but it is something you've been interested in because you were in grad school for it, right? For a time. Yeah.
3: I graduated from undergrad in 2020 with a bachelor's degree in psychology, and I also minored in Anthro. And then I decided to go to grad school. I got accepted into NYU and I started in the fall of 21 and I was going for their counseling for mental health and wellness program. Um, And I was in that for about six or seven months. Um, And it was, you know, I learned a lot in that very brief amount of time, but I did learn more about myself. And that was the biggest deterrent for me to leave was learning more about myself through the process, which is so strange, right? Like you think I learned more about myself and hopefully that keeps me on the path, but sometimes it throws you off. Like I realized grad school, becoming a therapist, not for me that is okay. Let's take a step back and figure out what is for us. And that's how I stumbled into podcasting, just like feeling really lost and confused. And I was like, maybe there's a community or maybe I can build a community where this is kind of honored and embraced and people can find specifically young women like myself can find like safety in this like really tumultuous time in our lives.
2: (laughs) So you said earlier, you, you were like, I started my TikTok and I started my podcast without really a game plan. When I look at your social media and your podcast, your branding looks very intentional. So I'm assuming this is just something that comes naturally to you. You definitely thought like okay, what are my colors before you started posting, I'm sure, you know. It's like the pink and the green that I see you use all the time. But what would you say is like if you if you planned anything prior to launching your first episode, what did that process look like of, you know, what did you plan and what the kind of things were you intentional about?
3: Yeah. So, I mean, all of my greatest ideas happen in the shower and I was like, it's, it's because we're cancers, right? It's just, we are so in line with like being in water and it just turns on our creative intuition. Um, So I was in the shower after like a huge breakdown. This was literally just days after I decided to drop out of grad school. I was so down bad. It was actually pathetic. Uh, (laughs) And I got in the shower to try to like, you know, cleanse myself of all these disgusting feelings of feeling like a failure And I was like, I'm going to be a voice for people like me, girls like me who don't understand anything. And the name literally just popped into my head because I had been writing these journals uh, for my one class in grad school. And we kept having, you know, I was in for counseling, mental health and wellness. They really want us to get in tune with our feelings, which is not, you know, sometimes you just want to resist the feelings, but I really... Have a a knack for leaning into them. Again, I think it relates back to the astrology being a cancer. And I had always been describing my emotions as very ambivalent. That was something that, if I go back into my journals from 21, I can see that I kept describing myself as feeling ambivalent about life, ambivalent about myself, my identity, my path, everything. And ambivalent, I'm not going to give you like the perfect textbook definition, but it's like feeling very uncertain, feeling like very hot and cold back and forth. I don't know what I'm doing, indecisive you know that's basically a good synonym a synonym for it.
2: I'm so glad you described that for us because I definitely had to google that definition myself so.
3: Right yeah it's definitely not one that people like gravitate towards when they're trying to like describe their emotions but I think that's just like that's me. I I don't do anything normally. <laughs> but yeah ambivalent and I also thought oh how cool it's kind of a play on words like instead of ambitious bitches it's ambivalent bitches because like I think that I do have like drive and motivation to, I don't know, be a successful woman in her career, in her life in general. But sometimes I I, like having motivation is the last thing on my mind. It's like, I literally just want to lay on my couch and do nothing. So I thought it was kind of funny. And then bitches came into the picture because I'm like, I've kind of been labeled as a bitch throughout my life because I am like very stern about like who I am. And I'm very forward facing about like what I believe and just what i'm trying to do in life i guess. So i thought oh let me put those two words together and it just literally happened so fast. So definitely i planned the name and i think that was really all i needed for it to feel real and for it to feel like this is something i'm now doing. Um even when like everyone around around me was kind of like oh she's like you're doing a podcast what does that all entail like is that even like a viable means of a career? Because it's not like something that you hear every day like i'm starting a podcast and that's going to be my career. It's definitely like a newer you know, happening in our world. Mm -hmm. Um, but for me, it was just the creation of that name was all I needed. And everything after that just kind of just rolled off my tongue and came to me very naturally. So I created cover art, which is now I've changed the cover art art like four times. (laughs) Um, and that just, that goes into being an ambivalent bitch is we're always changing our minds. We're always refining ourselves and our messages and our paths. And that's okay. I am all for like, never boxing yourself in or never saying like this is the only path that I can stay on like change your mind do it a million times like I encourage that to like the most highest degree that I possibly can like and that's really all it took the name and then just like putting it into some type of like action which was for me creating the art and then going on anchor and creating my account there and then buying this microphone I, I bought the microphone and then literally like the next Day, like this came in a day, I sat down and I recorded. That was it.
2: <laughs> Would you agree, especially your generation? You're like a decade younger than I am because you're 24, right? Yes, just okay.
3: 24.
2: And I'm 35. So I feel like people your age, correct me if I'm wrong, but the older generation kind of overcomplicates the tech of podcasting. Would you agree that in your kind of group of friends, it's not rocket science. You're like, oh, I need a microphone. I need to plug it into my computer, right? Like you didn't overcomplicate it. You just kind of figured it out.
3: Absolutely. I literally just bought, I typed in on Google like what's the best and cheapest um <laughs> podcasting microphone because I was like, I'm just trying this out. I don't need like the most high tech, high quality microphone to start. So I got this like blue Yeti off of Amazon. I plugged it into my commuter into my computer and I just did it. And I didn't really think twice about it. It just I think just being a digital native, because I am Gen Z, it just is a very natural and easy process. And I think also, like, the quality of your podcast is super important, right? Like, people want to hear clear audio. But I think, especially when you're starting off, definitely not something that you need to be like, oh my gosh, this needs to be like the highest production podcast to ever come across the internet because it's just not realistic. And that's going to start you before, stop you before you even get started. So like, even if you're doing voice memos on your phone, like the Apple iPhone is a really great tool to use. And I think that like, it makes that makes it a lot more accessible to get started on your podcasting journey.
2: Oh, I couldn't agree more. And this is something I, it's like an unpopular opinion upon among the podcast industry, because all of the older, like, you know podcast gurus will be like, it's all these old men that are like, you have to have soundproof room and you have to have the best microphone and da-da-da-da. And I come in and I'm like, eh I, I see the, the content is what's most important. Like am I interested in what you have to share? As long as you're not driving down the highway with your windows open, I can probably bear with whatever microphone you chose, right? And like whatever room you happen to be recording in, obviously within reason, but you're so right. It's content over quality of the sound. The sound is what I'm talking about. And there's, I always say like, there was this podcast that I listened to early on when I first started listening to podcasts. It was one of my favorite podcasts. And she the content she was sharing was so unique and nobody else was kind of doing what she was doing. And so I didn't really have another option. I just really loved her and I wanted to listen to her and her audio was so bad, like, like almost painful to listen to. And she's definitely gotten way better over time as far as like her her quality of her audio, but I didn't care. And, and people that are looking for content don't care. Like they just want the best person, like the best content. They want to go find it and consume it. And again, as long as it's not like super painful to listen to, we can bear with it. Because I will say there was one podcast. This only only really happened to me a couple of times. But I saw this this woman, she was an online coach and she had a podcast and it seemed really popular. It had a bunch of ratings and reviews. And so I was like, oh, let me give this a chance and she literally records i'm not even exaggerating while she's driving down the highway she records into her phone and i was like dang the the content's okay but like it's not that good like i never listened to it again so there is a line you know what i mean
3: <laughs> absolutely yeah for sure and i think um the older like people who have been maybe in this podcasting industry longer they kind of want to gatekeep it and have it yes. all be theirs and i say Absolutely not. Because I think that this industry, it has a really beautiful opportunity to never become oversaturated because every single person that gets in front of a microphone or hops on their voice memos is bringing their own lived experience into whatever it is they're talking about. And like, why wouldn't we want to hear more people's opinions and learn about their different life perspectives? Like, I think there absolutely is that fine line between like, okay, please, please be in a quiet room at least and like, don't have your car windows (laughs) down. Or like, you know, there was one of my episodes where my husband's like fish tank was going in the background and I was like, I can't use this. This is like too much. It's distracting from the message. (laughs) But like, I think we shouldn't let those really like privileged people in the industry hold us back from like becoming one of the like big wigs in the industry. Like, I don't know. I'm all for just like anybody hopping on a mic and speaking their truth. And having it like turn into a really cool, beautiful opportunity for them to build a career.
2: Yes, me too. So well said. What about your announce uh, strat? Did you have any announced strategy? Like, did you share with your family and friends that you were starting a podcast? Or was it kind of like you had this idea, you put it together really quickly, you launched it? Cause I've definitely done that too. Or I'm like, surprise, I have a new business now or I have a new podcast. Like, what did that look like for you?
3: Yeah. So the first people to hear about it were my husband and my mom. And then they they were obviously so supportive because they think I'm like a superstar from the get-go. <laughs> I could literally be like wearing three-day-old pajamas and have no ma- makeup on and look like I got hit by a Mack truck. And they, they're like, you're amazing, Gia. And I mean, like, I literally look like I just crawled out from under a bridge. But anyway, um, I like got a lot of support from my very immediate close family. And then that was it because I didn't tell anyone. That was a big part of my, I think, strategy was keeping things very under- wraps until I was like very certain and confident in like what I was doing because I started off like not knowing I have described it as kind of like a free fall I just jumped no parachute no plan of how I was gonna touch the ground and I, I just like didn't really want people because if it did fail if there was this you know chance for me to fail I didn't want everyone else to like find out about it because that's like my own personal thing that I need to like deal with
2: mm-hmm. so
3: it wasn't until literally like two weeks ago <laughs> when i just did that photo shoot like that was my big announcement and i've already been doing this for like 4 months now so i haven't i didn't introduce it in like into my personal world like friends and acquaintances until just now um because like i wanted to kind of like protect myself and what i was doing because i wanted to know that like i was doing this for me because i felt really passionate about it and not because like other people were having opinions or you know what i mean i just wanted it to be like something i completely created by myself, for myself, and just for this like greater purpose that I'm trying to serve.
2: <laughs> yeah. How has it been as far as people discovering you? I know. Okay. So you launched in March, April, May, June, July. It's been four months-ish that you've had this podcast and you started at zero, right? Like The only people that knew about it was your mom and your husband and you didn't have a massive audience on any platform, right? So... How how did the, as far as like download numbers, as much as you're willing to share, how many downloads did you get that first like couple weeks? And then like, what does it look like now? What does that look like?
3: Okay. Yeah. This is a very interesting conversation because in the past like three or so weeks, I've really experienced uh, a very large incline in my like followership, viewership, my plays, like all that stuff, those very surface level Metrics have kind of skyrocketed in comparison to those first few months. In the beginning, I was truly only getting a handful of plays, like probably ten per episode. Um, And now, on average, I'm getting about 200 plays per episode, which I don't know, like what that means because I don't. I feel like a lot of people don't talk about the numbers. So I don't really know where I'm where that stands. Like I know it's not like near the Joe Rogan experience, but I think it's like doing pretty good for being like a four month old podcast.
2: We are doing the Lord's work on this podcast, just so you know, because that is so true. The podcast industry, nobody talks about download numbers, and rightfully so. It's like not really anyone's business. And sometimes, you know, things matter more than download numbers when it comes to sponsors. And obviously, we want to be transparent with our sponsors, but. Download numbers are historically something that's not public knowledge. And that's why I love talking about it on this podcast, because we get to see what is normal, right? And like, what's other people's experience? Like, I'm so open about my download numbers, which are less than yours at this point. Like my episodes, as of like a year ago, or when I kind of first started this podcast, they were probably around like 30 downloads per episode. And now they're in like the 90 to like, low 100s per episode. So the, and I've been doing this for, I don't, not quite a year, but like almost a year, maybe as far as like when I first started to take my podcast seriously by like bringing guests on and stuff. Um, and so what you just said is fantastic. Like you're four months in and you're getting around 200 downloads per episode. And what I've noticed in my experience is that podcasts, like obviously it's a long game. And so usually what I see with independent podcasters is it's like low, 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 low. And then like right around like three years of producing quality content, it like skyrockets or it just grows gradually over time. But like it it takes time. You know what I mean? So like 200, obviously that's not like groundbreaking, like huge sponsor or anything like that. But for where you are, that's like phenomenal.
3: Right. Yeah. Like I, thank you for sharing that with me because I truly had no idea like where that kind of like in perspective of other people. So it's nice to talk about these things because you kind of are just in this ether of like, am I growing? Am I doing well? I just can base it on my own like initial starting point and where I am now. So for me, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm a superstar. I literally have like, I think 2000 plays total. And it's truly only been in the last like four episodes. I've hit like consistently around 200, a little bit below 200. Um, But yeah, I think having these conversations is a really good thing, especially for people who are wanting to enter the podcasting industry. Because at the beginning, when I was only getting, say, like five to 10 views, I was like, okay, no one's listening to me. Obviously, I should stop. But I didn't because I was like something within me just wanted to keep talking into this microphone. I, I don't know what it was, but I kept doing it. And then, like you said, it's a long game. You will eventually start to see the fruits of your labor and you just have to keep showing up. Even if there's nobody else to show up for, show up for yourself. If this is something you really want to do, you have to keep doing it every week. Or if you have a biweekly podcast, like you just have to put in the work even when you're not seeing any results yet. And I know it's tough, but it's so important to just keep going.
2: It's so freaking hard too, because... In anything I do, I'm always like, oh, I'm gonna be the exception to the rule. I understand the strategy, like I'm gonna figure this out faster, blah, blah, blah. And it's been so humbling to have a podcast as like a normal person. Like, I'm not a huge influencer. I don't have a huge following. Even though I do know the strategy and I share the strategy and I teach the strategy and I advise huge influencers and I advise huge podcasters and like I know what I'm doing. But the fact of the matter is. It takes time to grow a podcast audience from scratch. And if you don't realize that going into it, that's why most podcasts fail. It's called pod fade where they stop releasing episodes after about seven, between seven and 20 episodes. They just stop because they're like, what's the point? Nobody cares. But it's so sad because they just don't realize that's the case for most people. And if they Mm. would just stick with it, the cream always rises to the top. It's like you're going to win because you stay in the game longer than your competitors that give up when nobody listens to their podcast. So yeah, that's such a good point. What does your prep look like these days? Cause you do, you had been doing a lot of solo episodes. So tell us what kind of prep goes into that and like how long it takes you to record those. But then also, I know you just started recently bringing on guests too. So tell us what it looks like in kind of both scenarios, as far as the time that goes into preparing for your podcast. And then if you want to hit hit on like the post production and if you're editing like just the whole kind of process logistically share with us what it looks like
3: absolutely this is so fun to me because i love every aspect of the creation and then the editing and the uploading and the copywriting and all that stuff it's like I love being in full creative control. So my solo episodes have just been the thing I've done from the, the beginning because obviously I started with zero followers across the board. So I was like, nobody's going to want to come on my podcast for the first episode <laughs> or like the first 10. I, I, I started bringing people onto the podcast after I think maybe 12 episodes. I think that's when my first one was because I was like, I really want to establish Like who I am and who you're listening to before I start bringing other voices into the mix. So, my solo episodes, I really didn't, I don't go like, I don't go in with a big plan or like very much structure. I just speak like off the cuff because I want the experience for whoever is listening to like be, oh, this isn't my friend. We're on FaceTime or something like that. I want it to feel very natural. And just very relatable because I think that's what my brand is built around, relatability and vulnerability. Just being very transparent and honest about my personal journey. So typically when I'm trying to come up with a topic, it's just something that happens on the fly. Like I'll just be walking around my house or I'm cleaning, I'm in the shower, you know, that's my like my temple Um, The ideas just start flowing and I just write them all down in my notes app. And then when it's time for me to like sit down and record, I usually, I don't have like a set day where I record. I record when I feel inspired to sit down in front of this microphone, because if it becomes like a chore to me that I need to sit down in front of this microphone, I don't think I should do it anymore. I want people to feel that I am here and I'm with them. And this is something I love to bring to their ears and that I love doing So I sit down whenever I feel the urge to like speak and I kind of just reference things that I've been going through in my life. Sometimes I talk about pop culture, just whatever like is piquing my interest at that time or something that's like current to my life, a current experience. I'll kind of just like do a stream of consciousness off of that. It's just a very laissez-faire approach to podcasting. And honestly, my solo episodes are where I receive the most feedback from like listeners. They're like, thank you so much for bringing this very niche topic into the space because I always felt very alone in this, whatever it might be. I talk about a lot of things, but one of the one, one of the topics that really, I think people are like, wow, thank you for talking about this is like having concerns about like your existence. Like, why am I here? What is my purpose? And a lot of people I feel have been afraid to voice those concerns. Like, why am I here? What am I doing? Especially in your twenties, like you're like literally just throwing spaghetti at the wall, trying to get, get it to stick. And you have no idea what's going on. You can feel very hopeless through that. So I like gone on the microphone. and was like, I don't know what I'm doing with like my life. I'm having an existential crisis every other day. And I really thought people were just going to think I was crazy. But then the outpour of just like, I've been feeling this way too no one has ever put like like verbalized the words to these thoughts and feelings i've had i feel so much better about where i am in life now because you said that and it was all because i just i i felt alone and i was trying to find an outlet where i could feel seen and heard and it's so cool how through the process of me trying to feel seen and heard i can make others feel seen and heard as well and then in terms of the like interview episodes it's a very new very new territory for me i truly have no idea what like you know the people who have been doing this for a long time how they approach it but what I do is I kind of just find a person on social media and I'm like you're really cool I like you do you want to come on my podcast I shoot my shot in the dms or their email and then if they say yes amazing we set up a zoom call and for me on the back end I kind of do an outline just so I know and so that they know what we're going to talk about. And I will send the outline to them ahead of time to saying like, these are like kind of the main talking points I want to hone in on. And I kind of try to relate it to however they show up on social. So if it's like a fashion influencer, I'm obviously going to talk to them about that specific thing. And if it's somebody who's just like an everyday person, say like I've done a few episodes with just like grad students or college students, I'll talk to them about their experiences. And like the interviewing thing for me is just getting them to tell their story on a larger platform. And I feel like that has really helped as well. I know I kind of said I love the solo episodes more, but I do love the interview ones too, <laughs> because like for me, when I'm I'm just the only one ever talking, it can feel like redundant, but getting to bring on another voice with another like perspective is really valuable, not only for me, but I think for listeners too. And then Uh, post-production, I do all of my editing, all of my uploading to Anchor. That's the platform I use to get my podcast out onto Spotify and Apple. Um, I just edit like on iMovie. (laughs) I don't think anybody, I don't know if anybody does that in the industry. I know a lot of people use like GarageBand or Logic, I think, but I am like as cheap as they come. And if it's something that I already have like on download on my computer for free, I am using that. Uh, So I use iMovie and I just like Uh, speak into the microphone through the uh, what is it like a voiceover I put like a black screen and then I voice over over it (laughs) and that's how I do it I don't know how anybody else does it I have never like looked up I probably could do this like how how like real people in the industry do this but I'm like I know how to use iMovie so I use iMovie and I don't care (laughs) And I then upload to anchor. I write like my episode show notes. I do everything. Then I post on social to let people know, Hey, new episode went live, always linking things on my story. Like I truly wear all the hats in the creation production and then distribution of the ambivalent bitches podcast. And it's overwhelming for sure, but I love being in control because like I like, this is my baby. And I love like to just the person who's like fully behind it and creating every single piece of it.
2: We are very similar in that way. I wear all the hats as well. I would love to outsource. I just don't have the budget for it right now. I for sure will when I have a budget, but also I'm very particular and I like the control as well. So like we're, <laughs> we're on the same spot there. Um, just quickly, you're, when you're recording into iMovie, you're not doing video, right? Editing. You're just doing audio editing. Yeah. Okay, you know GarageBand is also a free app and it's for audio. Oh my gosh, wait,
3: GarageBand is free? It's on the Apple? I have always been under the impression that it was a paid thing. No. Are you kidding me?
2: I'm going to have to show you quickly how to use GarageBand this when we is get so off this. so
3: embarrassing. Session. I did an episode where somebody asked me, like, do you ever get embarrassed? And I'm like, no, I never get embarrassed. I'm so confident in myself. I'm embarrassed in this moment. I retract my statement. This is embarrassing.
2: <laughs> no, there's no reason to be embarrassed. How would you know if you don't know, right? Yeah. I mean, like, it's like
3: I could have researched a little bit more, but that's the whole thing about being an ambivalent bitch. Like, this is my brand is just like doing things, you know not very normal.
2: (laughs) And that's what I love so much about you and why I asked you to come on this podcast. Because just like I've been saying, like, you're just like, I'm going to get it done. I'll figure out a way to do it. There are a lot of things I do scrappy that I probably could be doing better because I don't know any better, but I don't care. It still works and it gets my content out there. And same with you using iMovie has gotten your audio content out there. There's nothing to be embarrassed about. I'm just saying GarageBand is an easier way to use to manipulate audio so I'm gonna show you that when we get yes,
3: you definitely I, I will be eternally grateful for that because you know I have been having issues with like echo and just like random things and I'm like oh iMovie only does so like I can only do like hum reduction and reduce the back background noises like a little bit
2: and I'm, I'm thinking that maybe GarageBand will be able to help me a little bit more in that. It probably will and if I'm being completely honest I don't do a lot of audio like I don't do a lot of like level um not level but like cutting out background noise I just really re- try to record in places where it gives me a clean Audio track, and my guests are usually pretty good about that too. And I just don't really stress out if there's like a fan going in the background or something. But what's cool about editing in GarageBand versus iMovie is iMovie is made for video. And so when you're editing, it's based on frame rates, which means that you can't get a really precise cut. So, like when you're trying to cut right after a breath, you sometimes can't get it in the exact spot and then you can tell it's been edited. Whereas in GarageBand, you can get exactly precise and you're able to edit your audio in a way that sounds like it wasn't edited, which is why I prefer GarageBand.
1: With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about
2: anywhere.
3: changing my entire world right now (laughs) because I have struggled I was just I was editing my guest episode that went up yesterday and there were certain spots where it's like I needed to edit it because maybe they stuttered or whatever the case a breath and I could not get it right and you could tell that I had to like try to manipulate it, and it doesn't sound right. So that is going to be an absolute game changer.
2: <laughs> That's actually... So when I first started bringing on guests to this podcast, and actually for my... when I So I started taking this podcast seriously in January of 2022. I still was recording episodes before then, but I wasn't sharing them with the world. I was kind of just like hiding it. And it was really just in case someone ran across my podcast in the app and they were looking about how to start a podcast, then they would find me. But it was like... Crypted and I just didn't feel in an alignment and I just wasn't excited about it. So when I made the decision to actually like start loving my podcast, everything changed. Like now it's in total alignment. And at the beginning, back in January, I was recording video. So even if it was just me solo, I was recording the video and then editing it. And then if I had a guest on, I was recording the zoom and then editing it. And then to upload the audio, I would just then pull the audio from the edited video. And then I would upload the video to YouTube and the audio to Anchor and push it out to, like you said, Apple and Spotify. And the whole reason I stopped doing that was because I couldn't get the edits right. Like it was like I exactly what I just described, like the final version, the final audio that I was pulling was subpar compared to what I knew it could be. And I care more about the audio because podcast is a listening platform. Like if I wanted to go watch something in my mind, I'm like, why would somebody choose to watch my podcast versus like something on netflix or hulu truly but they will put it in their ears you know and and people especially me as a podcast listener i like to use my imagination and like just you know, kind of envision what I feel like the room looks like or like what the people look like. I don't ever want to go watch a podcast just personally. And I know some people do. So anyways, it wasn't a big decision for me to stop editing video, but it all spurred from the whole frame rate issue and I couldn't get the edits precise.
3: That makes a lot of sense. Wow. Mm -hmm. My entire world has just changed in a matter of a couple minutes. So thank you for introducing me to this whole entire new strategy that
2: I can implement. Well, I'm excited for you to um, check out GarageBand. And it's pretty intuitive too. If you can figure out iMovie, you can figure out GarageBand. But I also wanted to talk to you about your... I know you say you don't have a strategy, but the fact that you were able to grow your TikTok to 3,000 followers so quickly, and I see you posting reels on Instagram too. Tell us, like, what has your TikTok and Instagram posting strategy been like?
3: Yeah. So TikTok in the very beginning, I was under the impression I had to post like 10 times a day because that's what all of the like TikTok strategists were saying that you have to do in order to grow. So I was literally bending over backwards, killing myself, trying to create content that was funny, relatable, original. And I nearly burnt myself out and wanted to quit entirely because I was not growing using that method. And that the time where I had first started the TikTok, I wasn't as much on Instagram because I had kind of a distaste for Instagram, which I have now like gotten over because I, I understand now that you can absolutely grow on there. You just have to have a different approach in comparison to TikTok. Um, so TikTok, I kind of like threw the idea of doing all of, like the batch creating content, I threw that out. I was like, this is not working for me and it's not becoming fun. And like I said earlier, if this isn't fun, if I don't feel like there's like passion In what I'm doing, I don't want to put that out into the universe because I don't want someone to come across it and get that vibe from me that I'm not fully in it. And I don't fully love it. So I started just doing more like intuitive creating. When I have an idea, I will literally just pick up my camera, put it on the tripod and film something. And I will kind of, I'm a very, I'm on TikTok a lot as a consumer. I love watching people's TikToks. And what I do is if there's an audio that they use that I think is funny, because I think on TikTok, I get to show more of my like comedic personality. And I think that's why I thrive on there is because people think I'm like stupid and silly. <laughs> and I love that. I-, I love that because it gets to show people a different side than maybe what they get to see on the podcast or maybe on Instagram where it's a little more curated. Um, so if I come across an audio that I think is funny and I could like manipulate it in a way that relates to my niche of being like in a post grad girl in her twenties trying to figure out life. I save it. And then when I get this like creative burst of energy, I will go to my audios that I have saved and create a video just like that. And I upload it pretty immediately. I do not have any drafts saved on my TikTok. I am all for creating content, putting it out into the universe and hoping that it finds its people. I'm not like In the beginning, I was like looking up the time, the time chart of like, when's the best time to post on TikTok? And they were like, these are the three best times that you should post Monday through Friday to get the best engagement. I was like obsessed with it and it wasn't working. And I was like, why is none of it working? I'm doing all the things they tell me to do and I'm not seeing any results. And it wasn't until I just started doing my own thing. And I think there's something to be said about just like doing what feels right for you. And that is like, I don't know if your energy gets like attracted to that or attached to that. And then when you put out into the universe, it does so much better. Like when I just do things on the fly, when I feel inspired, people tend to engage with it so much more than when I was like super strategic in the beginning about making sure I use all the right hashtags, making sure I post at like 8 PM on Mondays or whatever it was. And now it's just like, I post when I want and I have a pretty engaged audience on TikTok. Like there's always people in my comments, like talking to me and we're having a fun time and we're relating to one another. I think at the end of the day, social media does not need to be as serious as a lot of people make it out to be. And I think when you start taking yourself too seriously on social media is when you need to go outside and touch some grass. (laughs) And when you need to like really recognize that like at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what you put out there. It's what your like energy behind it is and what the messaging is behind it.
2: Retweet to all of that. The whole time you've been talking, I'm just like beaming, just smiling and like I have chills now because I could not agree more. And I have yet to experience like a big boom in my social media growth, whether on TikTok or Instagram or whatever, even my Facebook group. But I have noticed this energetic shift in myself too, where exactly what you just described, like I was trying to do all of the things the gurus were telling me to do. And it was so structured and I was getting so burnt out. And I also learned about myself that I cannot batch reels. I can't like it's I have to record stuff again when I'm inspired, just like you said. And I think maybe that has to do with us being cancers too, honestly. Cause I feel like there's a lot of things we have in similar uh we have in common when it comes to this whole like idea of creating aligned content i've even noticed that with the offers i create like when i first got started in online business i created this structured program and it took me a year to create and then like another 6 months to figure out how to launch it exactly right and i hired this really expensive coach and blah 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 and now I'm just create like, I'll be again in the shower and I'll just be like, oh, this would be so cool. And then I just whip it together and I put it up. And if someone wants to buy it, they buy it. And if it's right for them, it's right for them. And if it's not, they not, it's not. And then I just move on with my life. And it's like, it feels better for me as the creator. And it feels better for, I, I hope, the people that follow me and listen to me because I'm not like, it, I don't have like an expectation tied to my offers anymore. It's like, hey, I think this will be cool if this resonates with you totally join me and do it. If not move on, I'll create something new next month.
3: <laughs> exactly. And yeah. kind of what I was saying earlier, like, I don't want there to be a divide between offline Gia and online Gia. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning, when I was showing up on TikTok, I was doing like my hair every day. I was doing my makeup every day and I was showing up in a very like formulaic way. And that was so inauthentic to me. And I think that's why none of those videos Picked up any traction because people were like, why is this girl trying so hard? And then when I really just lowered my expectations for myself and what I was doing and just like was myself, whether I just like literally woke up, didn't brush my teeth yet, didn't brush my hair. I looked like an actual like scary person. Um, <laughs> when I just showed up in that way, people are like, Oh wait, she's real. She's funny. I'm going to follow her now because she's not like this robot. Who's trying to get me to follow her or try to get me to listen to her podcast or buy whatever it is she's trying to sell me even though I don't sell anything yet, I need to like figure out how to monetize better. But um, like, I just think people online are truly so sick of seeing all of the curated content. I think curated content has expired. It has reached, it's like, it's obsolete at this point. And I'm not saying that like, there aren't moments where it's like fun to curate content because like my Instagram is a little bit more curated in that sense. Like it has like a theme, but I think specifically like on a TikTok platform, people just want to see real people doing real things. And I think that look, being low production, I know that scares some people who have maybe been like conditioned to think you need to create really high quality, high pr- high production like videos, like that kind of scares you, but it's you don't, especially on TikTok. And TikTok is so underrated in like building a business or a brand. And if you just show up like a normal human being who doesn't have like, really high expectations attached to what they're doing, you will thrive on TikTok. Like it's not that serious. You just have to have fun. And it's so easy to have fun and just let loose.
2: You're inspiring me now because I've been so resistant to TikTok and it's because the the accounts that i tend to like to follow on tiktok it doesn't say it doesn't mean that i don't like people's content that i run across but if i go follow them i always follow them for a reason like all of their posts are like exactly the same like there's this bobblehead guy i'm sure you know who i'm talking about that like <laughs> is so funny and i just love his account but if bobblehead guy were to talk tomorrow about like i don't know Real estate, I'd be like, what's going on? Like, I didn't follow you for this. And so on TikTok, I feel so much pressure to conform to one thing and only post about that one thing. But I guess it's good to hear from you that, like, yes, you're still kind of like relating things back to your niche, but like, you're not as particular about like being one. How do you describe this? Like, one personality in every single post and like doing the same like the bobblehead guy literally he just does like little skits like as a bobblehead I don't know how to even describe it and they're just so funny but that's like all he does and I really love him for that and yeah that's that's kind of been my struggle with TikTok is like I just don't have the time or energy to like figure out what is the one thing that I'm only gonna do you know
3: and I think my advice there is like From the get-go, I was like, I'm not boxing myself into one thing. And that's what I would encourage anybody who wants to show up on TikTok or any other form of social media, even your podcast. Yes, it's important to maybe have a niche and have something like central that you always can come back to, but it's okay to branch out as well. And maybe when like the times that you do branch out, it's a little lower performing, like you don't get as many views or many likes. But at least people are getting to see that you are a multifaceted individual and there's a lot more to you than meets the eye and what meets the like initial impression that they get. Because I think when we box ourselves in, we really limit our potential. Because when I had just been doing these very like structured TikToks, like, I was trying to get people to understand I had a podcast and this is what the podcast was about. It was so boring, right? And then one day, I was like, I was laying on my couch, and I was having one of these late night thoughts, and I decided to just word vomit it onto the screen of a TikTok, and that was a TikTok that blew up. The very first time I ever decided to just say to heck with this like formulaic thing that I'm trying to follow and trying to like grow from, I'm just gonna be myself in this present moment and put it out there. And I'm not even kidding; it amassed like maybe a little over 150,000 views, but it had 21, like 0.4 K likes when I last saw it, which that is a really good like ratio there. I think
2: that's like, crazy. Give, yeah. I'm
3: like giving myself a pound of back. I'm like,
2: <laughs> it is I'm so a amazing. Star.
3: it's so but amazing. It's so fascinating that when you decide to like take off the pressure of only being this one person That only shows up in this one way online. You open yourself up to so many other opportunities for people to relate to you and enjoy your content and want to then, oh, she has a podcast. Yeah, I'm going to go listen to that because this was this one thing that she said, but it's under this larger umbrella of all the things I love. You know what I mean? Like, I am a hater of niching, but I get its purpose, but I don't think we need to be like tied down to our niches.
2: Yeah. So inspiring. I... TikTok is a huge topic of conversation on this podcast. And I'm constantly being like, "Eh, I'm on there, but like, don't go find me because I don't take it seriously. And like, (laughs) I have like 30 followers or something. I don't know, probably like 200. But uh, there is such an opportunity with TikTok because it is like, I feel like for a podcast, it is definitely quality over quantity. And I'm not talking about recording audio quality. I'm talking about like, The listener has to find value in every single episode or they're not going to come back because you you can't lose somebody's trust when you took 40 minutes of their life or even more and just just, they're not coming back. If you if you on TikTok, though, waste 10 seconds of their time. <clears throat> then they're not going to unfollow you. You know, they just won't click like, you know? So I feel like on TikTok, it is a quantity over quality thing. And that's something that I just struggle with as a content creator because I'm such a perfectionist that I'm like, if it's not perfect, I don't want to share it with the world. But I need to get over that. I just need to start posting on TikTok more. Right. Is that what you're saying?
3: Yes. Okay, just good. <laughs> show up as yourself. And listen, at the beginning, I was so scared to not have a very like, Pretty looking TikTok. Like when you look at it, yes. I wanted it to be very like like my Instagram. I wanted it to have some type of like theme. And I'm recognizing as I grow on there that nobody cares about what that landing profile screen looks like. Because I'm so nobody's glad you really go- that. Yeah.
2: I'm Absolutely. So- yeah, because that's the other thing I struggle with is I change my mind about how I want to what I want the cover of my TikToks to look like. And then I feel like I have to delete all my TikToks to start a new theme. And I'm like, I just can't, I can't win on TikTok. (laughs) Yeah.
3: And I think to like, give you another perspective, like honestly, half the time, I do not go and click on people's profiles that often. Like I feel like I'm the one who's looking at my profile the most often. Right. And I, and then I'm judging it the most because it doesn't look the way that my say Instagram looks like. Um, usually when I'm on TikTok, I'm just on the For You page or going over to my follower section and scrolling through it there. I rarely go over to somebody's profile and then like critique. And even if I do go to someone's profile, I'm not like obsessing over like, oh my gosh, does it look aesthetic? Like, does it look nice? I don't care at all on TikTok for some reason.
2: And you just reminded me of something. Last night I found, okay, so you know how TikTok will just even if you don't follow the person, it'll just show show up and you can follow them if you want. And there was this girl who posted something and I didn't know who she was. And I'm like, hmm, let me just see what her profile looks like. And I go to her profile and she had 5 million followers. And I was like, holy cow. And I look at her feed and it was so mismatchy, like not curated at all. And I was, that actually inspired me. So like having a not Perfect feed is actually inspiring someone else sometimes, which we have to remember too. Cause I'm like, oh, she can do it. And she has 5 million followers. Why do I care so much that my feed doesn't look perfect?
3: Exactly. Yes. You have 5 million potential to have that big of a community for sure. You just have to like get past that initial, like, Ugh, I can't show up the way I've maybe shown up on other socials because TikTok is very new. The way the algorithm works, the way that like people follow you and engage with you, it's a very different online culture. And you kind of just have to like accept that and adapt. I think one of the biggest things with social media is you always have to constantly be willing to change your strategy, or even not just your strategy, just like your mindset of how you go into
2: being an online
3: digital creator.
2: What are your goals for the future of your brand? Because I know we're kind of cutting close to the end of our time together. And I want to know what is on the horizon in a perfect world? Like if you were like, Hey, this is where I'm headed. And I'm declaring it like, where is that?
3: I am heading straight into Dear Media's Dear Media's office.
2: <laughs> yes, <laughs> banging on the doors. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> that is what I see for you too. I, I, yeah. I've been thinking about that. Dear Media and Lemonada, like those are two networks that need to be looking at. You, but why Dear Media? What do you love about Dear Media?
3: I love all of the content that they put out. Like all of their creators, I am a huge "What We Said" girl. Okay. I am a like they are they are really what first got me into like listening to podcasts, JC Marie Smith and Chelsea Jade Curtis, their podcast. Um, and I was like, oh my gosh, two like I mean, they are influencers, but just like two normal girls like in their late 20s talking about their life, like this can create a community out of that. And they are literally building a career around just being themselves. I was like, I can definitely do that. So I did. And I am. And I think that I am Dear Media's next podcast girly.
2: <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and agree with you on that, especially if they hear get wind of you growing so quickly on TikTok and your podcast, because that's what networks look for. They're like, is this podcast gaining traction on its own? If so, then yes, we can help amplify that as a network. So I think you're definitely on your way. It's just a matter of time. Have you considered going to any podcast industry, like networking events? I know Podcast Movement is coming up. Actually, when we pu- when I publish this episode, it's the week of Podcast Movement because I'm publishing it on August 22nd and Podcast Movement starts that same week. Oh my gosh. That's literally the coolest
3: thing ever. And I am the worst podcaster in the world because I don't even know what that is.
2: You're not the worst podcaster in the world. I didn't <laughs> know until recently. I only went for the first time, what, like a... Year ago or something, but it's so cool. It's it's literally just a big conference where there's like sessions. It's for four days, I think, and it's annual. And there's sessions all day, so you can learn like about podcasting industry trends or maybe the stuff about audio recording or how to use social media. It's just all these different sessions for podcasters in the podcast industry at large. But then. Also, in addition to that, which is my favorite part about it is like, it's just like a big party the whole time. Like there's a big expo hall that's constantly open and all the different podcast companies, it's networks, it's hosting platforms. It's you name it. They're at Podcast Movement. They have a booth set up and you just walk around and you get to know everyone. You exchange business cards. And then every night there's a party and usually like really fun open bar, like mix and mingle. And you're just constantly exchanging business cards and forming relationships. And it is like the best thing ever. If you are able to go this year, you should totally go. By the way, for everyone listening, I actually have a discount code. Uh, I think it's PM... I got to look, but I will put I'm it in the show it notes actually. Yeah, I'll cuz so I had one, the founder of Podcast Movement on my podcast recently. And so during that episode, he gave me a promo code. So I'm going to link it in this episode as well. And you can get I think it's $50 off your registration. But it's again, I like recommend it from the bottom of my heart. It is so worth the money and I don't even have a lot of money to spend and like I I put my money there because it's so worth it. I've made some of the best relationships in podcasting through attending stuff like that. So, if you have a chance to go this year, you totally should, but definitely put it on your list for as soon as you can.
3: For sure, yeah. I might I don't think I'd like have the funds, you know, yeah. because I'm just like a girl in her 20s, but I think that could be a uh for the future for sure, maybe next year.
2: Yes, and also while I'm thinking about it, I don't know if the dead I'm sure the deadline has passed for a Podcast Movement this year, but Especially when this pub episode publishes. But keep in mind for you, Gia, and for my friends listening there is an option to apply for a scholarship if you can't afford to attend podcast movement. And I'm not sure how competitive it is, but I know that is an option. And then there's also, so podcast movement happens annually. It's every August. And then there's another, it's the same company. So it's still podcast movement, but it's called podcast movement evolutions conference. And that's more It's basically just a smaller version of podcast movement, but it's just as powerful and just as amazing. And that usually happens in March of every year. So just keep that in the back of your mind, August and March, and try to attend these conferences. If you're a Gia for you, and then for everyone listening, if you're a podcaster or you're in the podcast industry, I could not recommend it any higher. It's such a good time.
3: That is now on my radar for sure. I'm going to write it down as soon as we get off here.
2: (laughs) So, okay. Please keep us posted when. You get a deal with Dear Media and we'll have to have you come back on the podcast and tell us all about how that went down because I know it's just like in your future 100%. Is there anything you wanted to share um, before we get to your four tips for podcasters, but anything we didn't cover that you really wanted to hit on in this conversation?
3: No, this has been a wonderful conversation. This is the best one. I mean, I've been on literally one ca- podcast before this. I'm like, this is the best one I've ever been on. But truly, this has been wonderful. I love having these really like raw conversations about it because truly, I don't know what I'm doing. And I think that's like a fun like avenue to explore like in this industry where a lot of people do have a strategy and they do know what they're doing. So this is like actually helping me on my journey, just talking to you about this stuff.
2: I'm so glad to hear it. And you're inspiring so many people by just doing what comes naturally to you and showing that it's possible just to follow aligned action and follow your intuition. And it can lead to amazing things. And you don't have to be an expert in your niche. And you don't have to be an expert in podcasting to really excel and even excel really quickly, more quickly than thought you could just for taking aligned action. So I'm like I said, I'm so excited to see where this journey in in podcasting takes your whole brand. So if you were to give four quick tips for anyone just getting started in podcasting, what would those be, Gia?
3: Oh my gosh. I prepared this because I really wanted to help my people who don't (laughs) know what they're doing. So my first one was actually, you don't need to be a podcasting expert or have a solid strategy to start. Just start somewhere and where you lack in your expertise or your structure you can make up for that with your originality and your passion for whatever it is that you might be talking about yes the next one is to value community over virality all day every day because like getting hung up on those very surface level metrics like likes or followers or plays that's just like going to stop you from creating. So just focus really on building an audience that is going to engage with you as if you're like a real life friend of theirs. And I trust me, like you will see such better results than like trying to get a million downloads. Like that's really cool to have a million downloads, but do you have a million people in your DM saying this episode really helped me? I think that is where the power lies is having people that really resonate with your content and like see themselves in you. And you're building community through that like resonation, I suppose.
2: It's so wise this early in your journey as a content creator to know the importance of going deep rather than going wide when you're starting to grow your audience and to really like form those relationships. Because in doing that, you're going to create loyal followers who are your biggest megaphones out there and that's how you're going to grow. So yeah, so wise.
3: Yeah. Me and the ambivalent bitches, like my girls, we chat a lot in the Instagram messages. Like we are besties at this point. And I like, I love that. I want it to feel like an environment where you feel like I am truly your friend because I am, I am you, I am an ambivalent bitch. Like that's why I started it. So when people are like, Oh my gosh, this is content I really relate to. I'm like literally saying we are best friends now because I'm going through these same things. And that's why I talk about it. So yeah, community over everything. All the time. Mm-hmm. And then my third tip is it goes down in the DMs. And I know that has like this weird connotation because it's in that strange rap song, but like truly shoot your shot with people in Instagram messages, shoot your shot in their emails. Just plant the seed of who you are and be like, hey, do you want to come on my podcast? I literally have 10 followers, but like I want to have you come on here. And even if they say no, because that's like the worst thing that can happen, is they say no, or they leave you on red or something. But you're planting the seed that I am in this industry and I am going to be growing. And now they're going to be keeping their eye on you. I literally shoot my shot in comment sections of Dear Media. Like, I'm surprised they haven't sent me a cease and desist yet because I'm literally all up on them all the time. I see you
2: doing that. Yeah.
3: And like, I just, it's not that I, I care a lot about letting people know that I am here and I'm doing this and I'm taking it seriously. And I want you to know my name you're going to know the ambivalent pitches one way or another and i'm not embarrassed about it in the slightest because like i see the potential in this community and i'm going to be shouting it from the rooftops and i encourage every podcaster whether you have 10 followers 10,000 10 million to constantly be singing the praises of what you're doing because it's like hard work and why would you not want to like let people know like hey look at what i'm creating it's so beautiful and i know it has the potential to be so big so do not be afraid to just like put yourself out there, even though I know it's scary, but the results that you might yield from doing that really scary thing, so much greater than never doing it at all because you were scared. Last tip. And this one is going to be controversial.
2: I love it. We love <laughs> yeah, this, controversy. This
3: one like might stir the pot because I know when people are building brands or businesses, There is this mindset where it's like, I need to just stay neutral all the time because that will garner me the most, the largest audience is if I just stay very partial on all things. And I say to hell with that neutrality is your worst enemy in this industry. And just wanting everyone to love you and your content and your message is always going to be a losing game. So I say, just be very stern and confident and honest about who you are, what you're doing, what you stand for, what your mission is. Because that is going to allow your people to find you and to connect with you. Instead of garnering the attention of everyone who don't really get you. You know what I mean? Like when you are just very like, these are my beliefs. This is what I stand for. This is who I am and what I'm building. The people who get all of those pieces are going to follow you. And I think that is how you build that very genuine sense of community. And also how you create longevity in your podcasting career. Because I see so many people blow up on TikTok because they have one like random viral video, but then there's no community because people don't actually know you. They know that one off video because it was like a neutral video of like you kicking a soccer ball into something crazy. You know what I mean? When you are very just forward about you, like who you truly are, that gets the right people to connect with you. And I think that's how you build your brand and your business.
2: I think what you just said if I know Dear Media, like I think I know Dear Media because my favorite show is The Skinny Confidential, which is the founder, you know mm-hmm. um oh, Lauren, I know <laughs> Lauren and Michael, yeah, and and I feel like I don't listen to every single episode, but I do listen to their podcast and I love them as podcast hosts, and I feel like everything you just said is something that would probably resonate with them like i I truly I mean I let's just declare it you're you're on your way, and I'm so excited for you.
3: Oh my gosh. I'm like beaming. (laughs) I hope everybody can like see it. I can't like, this is something that I have felt. So there have been a lot of instances in my life where I've gone down paths where it's, whether it's like a career path or just my life path in general, where I was constantly fighting to feel like I was meant to be there. And this is the first experience I've had like in my life and in my career where I'm not fighting to feel like I have a spot here. I know my spot is here and I know it's always going to be here and I'm going to let everybody know it. And it's just like a beautiful thing to like finally recognize that you have a spot in this life for yourself. And I know my entire brand is built around like not knowing your purpose and not knowing this or that, but through this podcasting experience so far I have truly found my purpose and I want everyone else to feel this way as well. So yes. (laughs) tears. (laughs)
2: Thank you. Oh, this has been so amazing. Well, like I said, keep us posted. Where can everyone, where can everyone find you online? Tell us your TikTok, your Instagram. Obviously your podcast is on Apple and Spotify, the ambivalent bitches. We're going to link that in the show notes, but anything else, Instagram, TikTok, whatever.
3: Yeah. I'm on both Instagram and TikTok. It's at ambivalent bitches. Same name as my podcast. I am always on my Instagram stories, just chatting it up with the ambivalent bitches and giving you like a behind the scenes look at my life. Sometimes I come on crying. Sometimes I come on like doing an entire dance routine. You never really know what you're going to get from me. I just show up, you know, in the moment, however I am there. And, um, same as on same on TikTok. I'm just like my crazy self and we have a fun time. So I definitely encourage you to give it give it all a follow on both Instagram and TikTok.
2: And while you're out there on your iPhones doing all of this, go ahead and send this episode to Dear Media. Let's just get everyone to send it and tag it. Blood their inboxes.
3: They will not hear the last of me. Like I will not give up. Even if they like, I get a letter in the mail. That's like, girl, you need to stop. No, nope. I will not until like you are inviting me through the doors of your studio because like I feel that's where that's where this is going.
2: (laughs) Amen. Amen. And where are you based? I don't know that I know that.
3: Yeah, I'm in Pennsylvania. Uh, So I have a a trip over to California, but I'm willing to take it.
2: (laughs) Well, you know who else is from Pennsylvania? The queen herself, Alex Cooper. Call her daddy. Oh my gosh. Is she really? I I believe so. Did
3: did she originate at like Penn State? I want to
2: say maybe...
3: I feel like that could be a lie, but it also could be a truth. I'm not sure. I'm just like, I'm pretty, I'm near Penn State. I'm like two hours away. So I, I really am in the boondocks here. So I'm really asking for dear media to make me a city girl, please. And thank you.
2: <laughs> I'm looking up. Where did Alex Cooper go to college? Cause everyone listening is now wondering. <laughs> yes, I know. Okay. She went to Boston university, but oh. I swear she's, let me see. Is Alex Cooper from Philadelphia? Hang on.
3: <gasps> Newtown, Pennsylvania. Is that the truth? Is
2: that or what you know you're know finding? Yes.
3: Is yeah, it says, where did Alexandra Cooper grow up? Raised in Newtown, Pennsylvania. I don't even know who that is. I'm such uh-huh. a bad Pennsylvanian. Oh, it's in Bucks County. Interesting.
2: I want to say, just like in listening to her podcast, she like drops all the time that she's from the Philly area. So whether she like grew up yeah. there or maybe spent a lot of time there, I don't know. But anywho, you're in good company because that's good energy.
3: Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think just growing up in such a
2: desolate area
3: has really forced me to have a cool personality because I can't be like, oh, I'm from California. Like, I have this really cool vibe just because of where I'm from. I'm from Pennsylvania. I
2: live in a cornfield. I have to be funny. That's the only (laughs) thing that's going to
3: get me out of here is being funny.
2: (laughs) I feel like a lot of us can relate. We have to rely on our personalities a lot.
3: (laughs) I know. Like, listen, I love the girlies on TikTok who are just stunningly gorgeous. And they can blow up just by showing how stunningly gorgeous they are. I realized straight out of the gate, that was not the way I was going to get any followers. I was like trying to do, a little thirst trap here and there, do a little makeup transition. Didn't work. Did not work. People don't want to see that from me. Like my looks are not taking me very far and that's okay. So that's that's another big thing, a tip. is like, don't allow like external appearances or things that you're insecure about to deter you from wanting to have an online presence because it doesn't matter. Personality is everything in this industry and just in life in general.
2: Oh my gosh, yes. And that that woman I mentioned earlier, the TikToker with 5 million followers and her feed is like not curated at all. I should really figure out what her name is, but even I was looking through her, her posts and she like, literally rolls out of bed. I mean, her hair is a hot mess. She doesn't ever wear makeup. She's wearing like baggy clothes. You know what I mean? Like, like what I wear in secret to bed is what she's like on TikTok. (laughs) I
3: love that. Right. Because it's like seeing people just be real people is comforting. And the last thing you want to do on social media, or at least for me, is go on there and start feeling insecure about myself because I already do that enough on my own. I don't need somebody else telling me I'm not pretty enough, I'm not smart enough, or whatever it, the case may be. So I love seeing people just being very raw and like showing those like things about themselves that aren't the most glamorous, but that we all absolutely do. We just don't want to put it
2: online. <laughs> you know how I think is the OG of this actually is like who started this whole movement. Average fashion blogger. Do you follow her on Instagram? She is
3: riot. I love her.
2: She, I feel like she's really one of the pioneers of this whole, just like be yourself and make fun of yourself and just like, look at, look, however you want to look and just be confident. And she's hilarious. Obviously. Another one is Celeste Barber. She's a comedian. And do you know who she is? That name is
3: ringing a bell, but I cannot
2: figure out in my head. I can't see a picture. So her whole thing is she she'll find these like model models doing poses (gasps) like, oh, oh my gosh. Yes, yes, yes. I know who she is. Yeah, she'll recreate (laughs) it in her own way. And it's
3: hilarious. So funny. And you know, one of my biggest like OG inspirations and she's not online anymore, but I did recently see on TikTok that somebody like saw her at a mall, Jenna Marbles. I don't know if you're familiar with Jenna Marbles, but she was like a huge YouTuber, like a comedian like what like she was one of the very first youtubers okay. um and just the way she showed up online was just hilarious and so real and there was not a divide between who jenna was offline and who she was online it was all the same person and that is like one of the biggest inspirations to me and jenna please come back online if you're, I, <laughs> yeah. you might, if you're listening to this please we need you
2: back <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, I could talk to you for another four hours. Probably no, so we'll have to do this again, whether on my podcast or your podcast, I don't care, but we need to keep in touch again.
3: Yes, no, for sure. We, we should cook something up on the Ambivalent Bitches podcast. I'll be reaching out. You'll be hearing from my people. My people is me. <laughs>
2: Slide into those DMs anytime. Of
3: course, shooting my <laughs> shot always.
2: <laughs> All right. Well, again, thank you for your time and I will talk to you again soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much for this. In the spring of 2023, Four Things for Your Podcast was rebranded to the new title Podfluencer Society. As such, some information and links may have changed since recording this episode. Check the show notes for updates. And if you still can't find what you're looking for, just email Society at gmail.com. Learn more and follow online at podfluencersociety.com. The views and opinions expressed in each episode are those of the individual contributors and do not necessarily reflect those of the podcast host and team or the owner of this intellectual property. This podcast is not an authority of legal advice and listeners are encouraged to seek professional counsel with regard to their brand, their business, and otherwise. We all hope you enjoy and find value in each episode.